Hi guys. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Vet to Vet Podcast. Uh, this is episode six and finally trying to get into applying for benefits. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. I hope you enjoy it. This podcast is produced every week. As a short reminder, Vet to Vet is a nonprofit educational project dedicated to assist veterans with the adjustment to civilian life and to provide assistance in obtaining your VA and other available benefits that you've earned. Yeah, so let's get into show and uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah, hope you enjoy. So the question would be, how do I apply for benefits? Uh, what should I do? Where do I start? Um, definitely I got my VSO, but what's next? Yeah. Like, I, even though I got a VSO, I still would like to understand uh, the whole process, what kind of forms um, I got to feel. So I want to just be on top of my game. So what's going on, what kind of documents I got to feel, what kind of uh, processes I got to follow. Yeah. What to expect. Yeah, so in most cases, your advocate or VSO should notify the VA of the benefits you want as early as possible. It's not necessary to wait until you have um, the proper application form. A dated handwritten note is enough to start your claim and to preserve those days, or as they call it, effective day, at the early stage or at the earliest as possible. Yeah. Uh, because every day delayed can mean another day of benefits lost forever. Yeah. If you were discharged less than one year ago, it is vital to apply before your first year is up. Because special rules applies to you. Yeah, if you file within that first year of your ETS date or your discharge date, there's a potential that your your uh, start pay could go from when you ETS or when you got out of the military, so you could get a year of back pay right off the bat. Yeah, and then plus, uh, I guess that would help me uh, because Juro said that it took him like three years or two years for his claim. Yeah, uh, three years when it was, it was in the Oakland Regionals, kind of at the time when claims were going through the roof and things were taking a lot longer. But yeah, it's somewhat of a common story that things could take long, even though nowadays it's a little different. They're moving a lot faster. Yeah, mine was like faster than six months and it like was pretty straightforward with CPA exam. So can't complain about that. Yeah. VA did a great job and... Uh, Thanks, thanks Sam for that. Um, so, if you're worried that the VA may decide your claim before you get all of your evidence or before your advocate submits all the evidence, uh, maybe you would want to submit that evidence as an amendment to your claim or as an up to your claim. 
So, um, how it works. So, so the first part of it, say you don't have your records, you know, you're going to order your records from archives.gov or they're in a storage locker somewhere or they're at your parents' house and so you need more time to actually file it or get your things in order. You could do what they call an informal claim and the informal claim will do exactly what, what he was saying about saving your effective date. You have one year to actually file your claim once you submit the informal claim. So you submit the informal claim, the VA Form 21-0966, to the regional VA office, and from a year from when they received it, you have a year to actually file that claim. If you file that claim within that year, your back pay will start from the date that that informal claim was received. And so that gives you a little bit of time to move it without missing out on the fully developed process of it all. Yeah. I guess you're just saving your place in the line. Yeah. Yeah, and he's basically saying, I don't have my stuff in order, but I do plan on filing within a year. So, so yeah, so once, uh, once you have your stuff in order, then you're going to file your formal application to get your benefits, and that's usually with the VA Form 21-526EZ. For the most part, whether it's, whether it's a, a fully developed claim or not, say that year's coming up and you've been lazy or you just haven't been as successful as you thought you were going to be in getting your records, still file for it because then you still got time to get those records even though it'll be less than a year that you have now. Uh, yeah, when you complete your formal application or VA Form 21-526 or it's called Application for Compensation and Pension. Uh, 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 not anymore. Not uh, anymore? The, the old 526 was for both. Mm -hmm. The newer ones are just for the compensation. Okay. Yeah. And that's why you'll see the 21526 EZ. Easy. Easy. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Easy. And that's literally just for the compensation. And really what we're talking about today is the compensation, not the pension part of it. Yeah. So here you go. So once you research something online and it doesn't match, like with the reality, just follow advice of your advocate of VSO. Yeah, because at, at least the, the VSO or the advocate should understand the, the newer forms and which ones that the VA is using. Yeah, so just ask your VSO probably to help you out organize all your stuff and he might be able also to help you refresh your memory what happened. Sometimes even easy search uh, through the documents might help you refresh your memory. Yeah, definitely the funny thing about this is once you start filing a claim and you start really thinking about your military history, things that you didn't think of really that were a big deal or things you didn't really think were that big of a deal start popping in your head and you say, oh yeah, that did happen to me. Oh yeah, this thing actually did happen. And so you start thinking more and more. And so the more you deal with this claims process, the more you start thinking about your own military history and what that means to you. Yeah, and uh, let's say um, you got a first answer from VA or at least a letter from VA with your claim number. And um, then you move to another region or somewhere else and uh, apparently you decide to change your VSO. Always use one person. Just if you file all the documents through Joe or through, uh, I don't know, Elizabeth from, uh, from a different town, just do it from them. Just bring all your documents, don't send them directly to VA. It might just 
might get might get confusing. Right. And so you do move to a different state, and you use DAV in California, but now you're in Connecticut. If you stick with DAV, they should have some kind of ability to transfer those records so that service officer has an idea where you're sitting. And that's another good reason why you always get copies of what you're doing the day that you submit anything or you sign anything with that service officer, regardless of what group he's in. Because if anything happens, at least you could show that new guy, this is what I've done, this is where I'm at, and he could get an idea of where you're at so you don't get screwed over. Yeah, so what's next? I guess getting medical report reports or records. Yeah, so if you're trying to do an uh, formal, a fully developed claim, what you're trying to show is your 214, your military medical, and your current medical to show that those conditions are still affecting you. If you don't have that and you still file the claim, that first letter you'll get from the VA will say, we got your claim, we're working on it. Little one page, one paragraph, really doesn't say much of anything. Then eventually, the second, more than likely, the second letter you're going to get is going to be a few more pages thick with a few bullet points asking for more records and more proof for the conditions that you're claiming. And that's when you want to get your medical records, whether they're from an outside provider or through the VA. Ah, uh, okay, let's say I got all this stuff, and uh, let's say I got a letter from VA, and they want to schedule me for um, for CNP exam, or for, what is that CNP exam? Yeah, CNP or CNP compensation pension exam, or in California, what, what they do, I don't know about other states, but here we have MSLA. Mm -hmm. and QTC mm -hmm. that will judge you for the most part. What they're looking for is, is are you um, diagnosed with that condition? What's the severity of that condition? And can they tie it to your service in some kind of way? So if that outside examiner can tie it to your service and say uh, more likely than not it's due to your service, you'll get it. If you don't have records for nothing and you're not diagnosed, you're going to get denied. Can I get those secret reports from them? Um, usually the, the QTC or MSLA guys or the CMP guys won't give you the records, but if you ask the federal building or if you go into the regional office and ask for that CMP exam, they should give it to you. Or you can call the 1-800-827-1000 number and ask for a copy of it, and they should send it to you. It's certainly your right at your medical records, but they, they're a little shy about giving that to you. Uh, what happens here nowadays, they uh, just send you a CD, CD, just PDF file. Yeah, and that, that's another thing. If, say, you go to an outside group like Kaiser or something like that, and you ask for your, a copy of your medical records for your claim, and they just give you a CD, your best bet is to actually print that stuff out and submit paper copies to the VA. VA is really not trying to deal with CDs. So if you got records that you think are pretty good, print them out. Say you had a heart attack, something like that, and you're, and you're a Vietnam vet, and so you're going for the disability on your heart, and you know there's a thousand medical records about your heart. You don't need all that. You just need to show that you're diagnosed with a heart condition and that you had surgery for it. That's it. Yeah. Um, like, from my experience, what happened to me, um, had issues with my back, and I couldn't get MRI for my back in a like, timely manner. Um, so pretty much I had to wait, not even a year, maybe about two years, just to get that MRI exam and um, put it into my record. So what I did, I went back uh, to, like, to Belarus where I'm from, uh, 
went to my uncle, he did an MRI on me, paid a private fee, I got it all on CD, came back here to LA, brought the CD to my doctor, and what they did, they just imported all the images from uh, that MRI scan into my file, and that's it. Because sometimes X-ray wouldn't give you uh, the whole picture. Sometimes you need MRI or CAT scan. But it's uh, like it's my personal uh, experience. Yours might be a little bit different. Yeah. And I would say remember that VA examiner is not paid to be on your side. He's not your friend. He's just there to act as your doctor. He just got he got to report what he sees on you. Yeah, and so some sometimes we we as vets have issues with it because that doctor doesn't understand your military history or he doesn't really understand the history of the military in general. And so what, so a veteran will go in talking to this guy about his disabilities and he's throwing acronyms at him and telling him this or that. This guy has no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Just So then he says it's least likely due to your service, even though it's BS. Yeah. And just, just, just roll with it. There's no need to get angry about it. It may make your claim go longer than it needs to, but you know what happened to you in service, so you just keep fighting it and do what's right, and you know what happened to you, so you keep fighting until you're successful. Yeah, I would say just be polite, be professional, yeah. uh, don't try to upset him, because if you put, just put yourself in his shoes, he might see 10, 15 guys a day, yeah. and with different issues, maybe with the same issues, and he has to follow the protocol or rules. As the best, like the best advice I can give you, just ask him what kind of form he's using and uh, what he's looking for exactly. At least you can uh, you can not change your story, but at least you can focus on that part of your story. Yeah, and when you have those outside exams, you could always take medical records with you. A lot of the times they don't want to look at them, but at least if there's a question that pops up and that guy says, well, I don't see you're diagnosed or when was the last time you seen a doctor, you could have records right then and there and say this, this, and this. So you could help back up what you're trying to say so it's not just your word against his. Yeah. So that would cover um, exams scheduled by VA. But how do I get my medical reports from like different uh, hospitals, from uh, from VA itself or from private doctors? Yeah. To put in my file. What should I do? If you go to any outside doctors, you could go to their records department and they should have records. A lot of hospitals destroy records that are over 10 years old. So if, if your records are getting older, you might want to pull those records just to be on the safe end because even though you may not be using it today, you might be using it in the future. So anytime those records get close to 10 years old, might as well print them out for your own. But I always think it's better when it comes to your disability claim if you pull your own records, whether it's through the VA or through an outside provider. But each medical department should have a records department. And that's where where your records are. And don't ask for your entire medical record. Ask for the things you're going for. So just ask, like, hey, I just want records about my back. I just want records about my mental health. So you're getting this amount of record for whatever you've been doing and not everything. Because that guy, the, ex the VA examiner and the VA raider, is not trying to read every single little thing that's going on with you. He just wants to know what's going on with the things you're claiming. Even though... From my opinion, they do. Like, they do an amazing job. I don't know how much time yeah. you need to read all this stuff, but in my case, I, I feel like they read everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it all depends. Like, it, it really comes down to people. 
Yeah. So sometimes you'll have a decent raider or really good, like a real go-getter. Sometimes you got a raider that it's Friday Friday afternoon and he's trying to leave for the weekend, so he's not trying to do this. There's a human quality to it, and there's a so you want to kind of make it as easy as possible for everybody involved. Yeah, and to touch on the same uh, questions that George had described, so. Um, in today's digital world, so when you go to the hospital, uh, definitely they would ask you to sign a form, like the form that would say uh, some kind of release of information or outside release of information. Uh, if you're trying to release information only about your bag, just state on the form. Yeah. It has to be only about your bag, because if you sign a general form and they might tell you don't worry about anything else, VA would send also a general form to them. So we just request a medical record form from draw, just give it to us. And as long as it's general forms, they will give everything to them. Yeah. So keep it in mind that it got to be specific. Yeah. Or maybe like in my case, just submit everything and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a smart choice actually. Uh, how to get records from VA. So we touched on that a little bit. So in general, they would give you a, a CD uh, with a PDF file, but before you get that, probably just pop your head into the federal building or wherever is the VA main, main office and submit a formal uh, request or do it through your VSO. Yeah, your service officer should know how to do this. Especially if it's through the VA, that shouldn't be an issue at all. Um, well, what about my military personal records? Yeah, so let's say you don't have your military records at all. All you have is your 214, but you don't have anything else. And you really want it because you want to know what the VA is looking at when they're judging you on your disability claim. Before you file a claim, it's usually, it's wiser to request your records before you file a claim. Most of our records are in St. Louis in the archives. If you use um, SF or SF Form 180, you can print that out and that will give you a nice, a request to get your records and you could put in there whether you want your military records or just your military medical records and on the second page of that form it'll tell you where you need to mail it to if you don't want to use that form you could go on to archives.gov and use um, evet rec so the electronic veteran rec basically the same form but it's just sent electronically so hopefully you'll get it back faster and what what the archives will do is mail you a copy of your military records or what they have on you on file. If you're one of the older guys, your records might have been burnt up, especially if you're Korean War back. Some of the early 60s too. And they'll just tell you a little story like, hey, your records are burnt up, here's a copy of your discharge, even though it's on a different form now. But that's the way that you could order your records. One of the quicker and easier ways. And that, they'll take about a month, two months on average. They're usually fast. And you should get a manila envelope in the mail, however thick your records are. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, and um, let's say uh, your claim gets back and uh, you disagree with your claim. Uh, the first step is to fill up a notice of disagreement, um, I think, or not. Yeah, well, it kind of depends on why you were denied. If... Uh, if you were denied because you missed a medical exam, you could just simply request for a reconsideration due to missed medical exam. 
and that could be on a 21-4138 and that could kind of skate around the appeals process but say they straight up deny you you had all your records you had all your proof and you went to the medical exam and you did everything asked of you and they still denied you you want to look at why they denied you that's the major thing it's not worth just getting mad because they said no to your back you want to see why they why they denied you whether it's because you missed an exam whether you're not diagnosed, whether they said it's not due to your service or not, or that you don't have an, have an issue anymore. Um, so let's say uh, you got that letter, and uh, like I moved back, for example, to Guam, and uh, my mom gets a letter, and I come back one year later. So is it too late? Is it is a deadline uh, to file? If you're trying to file a notice of disagreement, and it's a year after that, denial your best bet at that point would probably looking into like a a clear unmistakable error or CUE those are somewhat rare um, if there's no clear errors in their decision of denying you then more than likely you'll probably start over yep and um, you know I heard about statement of the case what is that that's usually after the appeals process so let's say you file a notice of disagreement and you ask for a decision review officer or a traditional um, decision and they still deny you and they say nope too bad and you still say no this is BS I want to still fight it what you'll do is you'll file a form 9 the form 9 is the actual real deal appeal now you're really in the appeals process once you get into that appeals process and let's say they deny you again for whatever reason then they'll give you a statement of the case saying this is why we keep denying you and then after that you could pick a pick which one you want whether you want to go to Washington DC and talk to a judge whether you want to do a traveling board which will take forever and the quicker one is more than likely doing the video live video conference at a federal building that you're just talking to a VA judge face to face over a television screen that's cool and usually moves faster and the cool thing about the whole VA process even though at this point once you get to that level of appeal you've probably been waiting a long time the VA judges seem to be really cool with trying to tell you what you need so if there's something missing he'll tell you I need a letter from a doctor saying this or I need some proof of this and if you give me this proof in so many days I will grant your claim yeah so pretty much that's that's a sneak peek into appeal, but that's a completely different topic. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely dig in the appeals and more more depth because there is a lot to go there. And I think right now what we're dealing with when it comes to the VA and claims in general is there is a lot of denials right now. And so even though the the claims in the VA system are down and they're moving fast, the appeals is kind of going through the roof right now. And so a lot of you guys are going to have questions about how the appeals process works, and I think we should really dig into that. Well, that's it for today. Thanks, folks. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. And um, all links to those social networks are in podcast notes. Thank you. Yeah. And as always, do you have any great book, movie, documentary yeah, to watch? Uh, uh, a good book I like that's kind of random is the... 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Kind of a fun little history book, but also an understanding of people. Well, and myself, I got a great quote for you. Uh, 
from Latin. Uh, it says civis pacem parabellum, which translates as if you want peace, prepare for war. Yeah, whatever you do.